You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Gonna be one of those. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, this is... <laughs> thought we could do it all in unison. <laughs> all right. Except, except, except you just thought that in your head. Yeah, I forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Hi. <laughs> this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton. I am Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. If you break that all down, you realize I did not participate. <laughs> You're a non-participating folk. What are you drinking? Um, some local beer if you're in Indianapolis. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which we are not. Mm-mm. He has the Gen Con. He just becomes a native. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's Sitting out there in Indy watching Rick and Morty. Like I've been doing for years. <laughs> buying, buying furniture. <laughs> oh. Your, uh, your fancy schmancy table got a lot of, we had a lot of jelly jessies out there this mm. week. Showing off your t- new gaming table. Oh yeah. Gonna get some work tomorrow. <laughs> doing some big gaming tomorrow. <laughs> I want to follow up here. We, uh, in case anyone, I'm sure everyone was wondering or if they even cared why we played Power Love at the end. Of the episode last time. It was a Huey Lewis reference, guys. Come on. That's great. Where were you? And the power of positivity. So we have any main topic here? Were we just, what we Not really. It's like, Usually somebody t- has a little anecdote <laughs> this week. This is the first time we, all four of us have been back in like a month or so. It was last week? No, Michael wouldn't. Oh, that's right. It was terrible. Don't you remember? There was no luster. (laughs) We were I thought you guys got along mighty fun without me. Well, today, today is a weird mystical nerdy convergence, I think, because we're recording this on Friday night, September 1st. Not only is it first Friday in Marietta, Ohio, the most happening downtown bash you can imagine in our small town. We just have a lot of sound deadening in here. You can't tell. Right. The throngs of people outside partying and hooping and hollering and hooing and looting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, September 1st is also, I learned on Facebook, an important day in My Harry Potter Patronus. lore. You don't know Did what everyone see this? Yes. Yeah, but I, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, well, well come on. It's important to Harry Potter and all the... He went to that school of... Huffin' stuff? Was it Huffin' stuff? That's the name of the school? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. HP Huffin' stuff. Yeah. All the fans out there screaming. What is that? We don't know. Yeah, right. 
So this is the day and the final scene of Harry Potter. They flash forward 19 years into the future, and you see Harry's kids, and they're all older. Well, that take that took place on September 1st, 2017. That's us. We're the kids. So we are now. We've gone beyond Harry Potter. It's all in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's all gravy from here on. It's out. also Force Friday. There you go. That's there, stuff. Force, important. Force yeah. Friday two. Last year didn't count, apparently. No. Only for the saga Mm -hmm. movies, I guess. I definitely saw more this year than I did last year, the day of the toys. Yeah, they actually brought it up this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you go get anything, Cliff? Uh, I bought like six porgs. (laughs) I got a porg backpack. Oh, good. I got a big porg, some little porgs. I got a porg that hops, a couple that make little porg noises. Did you really get all this stuff? No. Okay, I thought about buying the uh, the the Chewbacca and Porg Magic Band for my upcoming mm, yeah. Walt Disney World vacation because we're now in September and all that really matters at my house is we are going on vacation in a couple weeks, so we're just preparing for that. You're matching all your outfits to your Magic Bands, absolutely. <laughs> Right. I actually did design for backpack, for wristband. Yes, uh, for our magic band, we we all bought everybody in my family. We all picked out a little vinyl like skin. They call them magic band magic band skins. They're kind of like a vinyl sticker that go over it, and you can pick out whatever you want, or you can design your own for a nominal extra fee. I'm sure for a couple dollars extra. Yeah, I mean it's it's vacation. Just just yeah, blow, man. you get a splurge, slap, baby. Slap your huffle puff. On <laughs> so, anyways, I, uh, as Seth types that in, hashtag in, um, I designed my own and I included our Kapow logo on one side of it and our uh, Mickey Bars logo that Michael designed on the other side of my Magic Band. So wow. when you're in line for like four hours for these new rides, you, go, bam, bam. you can right. just be talking like, oh, oh, you, did you notice my Magic Band? I saw you staring at it. That's like, exactly no. what's right. going to happen. They're like, whatever, get out of my way. <laughs> like, you know all the cool kids, what they do these days. It they is. It's a, it's a conversation piece for my bus ride to the parks. <laughs> Sounds, and how, exo- sounds exotic. And how many people on that bus probably are hosts of Disney themed podcasts themselves? Well, like I at least imagine. half the bus has yeah. their own Disney well, podcast. Right. If, I just, if they look down and quarters. see ears on somebody's wristband, they're gonna probably think that's how they count. I'm just picturing Cliff bouncing around from seat to seat and like fidgeting around in his chair, like trying to get them to like check out his magic. You do band. a lot of stretching, a lot of nose picking. Yeah. Run my hand through my hair, maybe point at it a couple times. <laughs> uh, I saw we we saw there was like a a black BB-8 or something, right? Yes, yeah, so like a evil, evil, evil BB-8. Evil What's it called? E nine or something? Yeah, BB nine E. Oh yeah, very 9E. catchy. Mm-hmm. Rolls BB- off the tongue. Yeah. Well, Ryan Johnson is directing why the movie. Was, why was BB nine afraid of BB seven? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. Because BB7, BB8, BB9. 
<laughs> yeah, we're going to need some oh, applause no. effect in there. It is one of those episodes, I can tell. Um, Ryan Johnson, who's directing The Last mm-hmm. Jedi, said that on set they referred to it as BB Hate. Ooh, I like that. Has any of the things you've seen for Force Friday upped your enthusiasm for this movie, or have they worried oh, you? Oh, yeah, I, I'm already, like, all porged out. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm scared to death of these friggin' porgs. They're either gonna be Ewoks or Jar Jars, and either way, I'm not excited about it. My hope is they're Captain Phasma's. Where they were like in all the marketing mm, ahead of time and, and we're in for 45 <laughs> seconds of the movie. Yeah. I just feel like wherever Luke is, there's going to be porgs and that. Yeah. Nah, I'm still, I'm, got a porg I'm farm. thinking positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. I don't know. Any other Star Wars news? Oh, there were old. Oh, yeah. There's an $800 Millennium Falcon Lego set coming out. <laughs> wow. That's, that's the, how many pieces is that? Seven thousand and some. Like where where they get in the really more detailed ones? Obviously, mm-hmm. for years everybody wanted the four hundred dollar Death Star. You know, came so, with a bunch of figures and product placement. It should show up in Spider Man Homecoming two. Okay. What's this re- in reference to? Well, because the Death Star was in oh okay. the Spider Man Homecoming the first one. I guess you showed us. Yeah, I forgot. Booyah! That was Michael's obscure reference for the week. Last Star Wars news. There was something just a little bit ago. Uh, Ron Howard shared a tweet showing a picture of Paul Bettany on set. Who, for the Han Solo movie. Because apparently there needed to be some reshoots or added scenes. And one of the characters who was a CGI character played by Michael K. Williams. Who was in a lot of things. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Um, he was Omar on the wire. He is unavailable, I guess, is the story I was hearing. So they just totally recast Sliced the role. And, diced. Oh, and wow. it's going to be Paul Bettany. Some even people aren't Even happy. a digital character? They can't just... They're not... They, yeah, I don't know. There's some... Definitely already oh. it's starting. This is just... As we're recording this, it just yeah. happened. And there's a the little kerfuffling going on. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's no longer going to be a CGI character. It's going to be Paul Bettany. I think it's supposed to be like a sleazy guy or something. Anyway, that's all I got for Star Wars. Okay. I didn't go out and buy anything for Force Friday. Mm-hmm. I, not, I missed out once again. One of these days, I'll get up and go to Walmart at midnight on a school night. Take God, we need to get cracking here. Energy. Somebody wake up. <laughs> TV. Oh I had some God, Star dude. Wars news. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> there we go. We were, we were, we were having Star Wars news. We were struggling. Dumbass. We were like sitting there like dying we on were Star Wars, struggling. giving you every opportunity. Oh. And then just like Han Solo flies in at the wrong time. Woo! <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what his name is. Oh, yeah. Ribbon. Good. Good. Uh, you see storm- the preparation that goes into this? The, the uh, guy that's the stormtrooper that... Joins the other size. What's his name? John Boyega. Yeah. Did you hear the kafluckalin? Kafluckalin. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm 
scared to repeat that of what <laughs> might come out. Uh, anyway, he was in trouble because he was, um, have you guys heard about this? Like he was at the Jamaican. I saw something, yeah. And John Boyega's Jamaican? Well, he was at like this big, I think it was Jamaica or it was Brazil. Or what I, happened? <laughs> there was a big parade <laughs> happening and he grinded up on one of the dancers and this, uh, Star Wars feminist tweeter like attacked him and all this stuff came out of it and they're like going back and forth and he's like he was just ma- making fun of it or whatever like that was my Star You're Wars right. news. You're, that was necessary to be brought up. <laughs> TV again. Hello, <laughs> the Lord. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, Barry, run. That's what I do. I drink. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Uh huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in! These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Groovy. <laughs> so any any feminist tweeters out there? We're on your side. Yes, that was our tw- feminist tweeter section. We got in TV. Game of Thrones, man! Didn't uh, you watch it? Of course. Yeah, I was so hyped for this. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could do a complete episode breakdown, but I don't think we <sighs> can or should. But I'm so confused. What do you think, Cliff? After we I, said last week how it was rushed. Yeah. And, uh, I take it all back. Yeah. It was great. It Everything was, made perfect sense in the, in the end. And I was really, really excited. Um, it was really, really hard for me to keep it a secret that I have been playing the Night King this whole time. Yeah. yeah. And then when the episode True. was over, that's why I sent you guys each individually a special message of from me in my Night King makeup, which may have been a Facebook filter. It, it definitely put a whole new sheen <laughs> on the episode as I watched. <laughs> no, I I really um I got very excited at the end. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was great. There were so many good scenes. A lot of they took a little time. People actually stopped and talked in this episode. Uh, there was some, a lot of stuff. Just continued to wrap things up. Great. You got to see everybody together. I almost think like next season, the final season, some of these good guys are all working together real happily. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to have to be against each other because they yes. can't be all, all good guys together, just happy, go lucky against the bad guys. That's boring. They're going to have to, they've been contentious this whole series and now they're all happy. Let's get over that. Get back to the tension. I don't know. There was all kinds of good stuff, and we would be spoiling it terribly to talk about it. So, I yeah, don't know. there's some. There's a body count. Did we lose some people? We definitely lost a bad guy that was kind of behind a lot of the stuff throughout the series. That so may have been the most satisfying death in seven seasons. Yeah, that was really for good. me. I really thought it. Like I, I'm sorry, it fooled me. Like I thought. Oh, great. Here we go. Just when things are going great for everybody we love. And now they're going to start ripping it apart. It's been like 10 good minutes of the show. And nope. They fooled me. 
Yep. We can't talk about that spoiling, so let's just move on. What else? TV. True hmm. Detective Season 3 announcement. They already said Mahershala Ali will be one of the detectives. Well, now uh, Jeremy Solner, director of Green Room and Blue Ruin. Wasn't he also Murder Party? Is that? Yeah. He, um, he's going to be involved somehow in some directing. So that's exciting because he is good. And we found out that it will be set in the Ozarks, uh, which we just saw that. <laughs> but uh, a mystery that deepens over decades and plays out in three separate time periods. So I'm definitely interested because I love the first season of that. Um, I don't know. What else you got? TV? That's it. all I got for TV. Nobody's watching? Uh, I have, but they're all contained sports. Well, <laughs> for me, all TV is streaming, so I always don't know if I need to say it in TV or in streaming. Okay. But, you know... <laughs> we'll- Got it. Are you caught up on it? Yes, there's one more episode left, everyone. I feel like every week I need to remind you how much more of this we have to deal with. <laughs> okay. Good twist. Pretty good twist they threw in there. What, which episode? What was the last episode you watched? Uh, where the twist happened? The main twist? Where, where the, they're like at the, the Mad primo, Max kinda. The, the, he's primo and he's wearing the jacket. Okay, I don't think I've watched that episode yet. Okay, so Michael has two more episodes, yeah. everyone. I got I got to part of him getting the jacket of where Barbie just completely goes nutso and freaks out. And so that was a good twist then? Oh yeah, you got you yeah, you won't see it coming. Dang. I thought the last episode was a twist of when they're at the Mad Max style and you find out who the big bad boss is. Yeah, that was the twist I was talking about. Oh, really? <laughs> Man. Anyway, it's good, cheesy, bloody, gory fun. Go watch it. How many more episodes? Uh, one and a half for okay. me. For you. Hmm. Then then what? <gasps> Has it been renewed? Is this a one and done? Do we not? I hope it? there's a second season. <laughs> Just so you can keep making that noise? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, streaming then. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Islands in the streams. That is what we are. No one in between. How can we be wrong? We'll cross the streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Cross the streams. Heat them up. Streaming. So, what did you watch on there? What? Spoon. Spoon. The Tick. I'm with Thank you. you. Jeez. The Tick? Yeah, The Tick. Yeah, I never watched The Tick in the any tick, form. The uh, season one is on Amazon. It came out. Watched it last weekend. It's six episodes. And I thought it was pretty good. It was, it was one of the funnier things was from the pilot to the actual show, they changed the outfit. And there's a part where Arthur just turns around and says, you look different. So they must have got a bunch of flack the way The Tick looked in the pilot. Versus what they changed it to. Mm, the um, pilot, which was to determine if they were going to do right. a season. Which I think they actually greenlit all the shows that were like... That were in the contest? Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice, funny, uh, modern, it, little, it reminds me of the previous show that they did that was live action, but it's been modernized. Like they have, uh, one of the characters on there has a death boat that's like a Knight Rider car. And it is, that is hilarious. Like, I mean, there's a lot of good humor in it. Uh, I would recommend people watching it. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Cool. I definitely love the original cartoon when it was on, so I I would be curious to how see how they update it. It's it's a the, the actor playing Tick he plays it perfectly. Like from he never is he loses. better than Patrick Warburton? Yes, yeah, I do think so actually. Because mm. I at first I was kind of like yeah. Cliff is skeptical. Mm. Like he he nails the Tick persona like throughout the whole series. Like he does it very well. What was weird was. It was almost like they changed pace of the show, like two episodes in. Like they were going to go one way, and they're like, "Nah, we decided not to go that way," and then changed it. But it's it's pretty good. I like it. Hmm. Amazon nice, Prime. It's a nice change of pace from a darker show such as The Defenders. Yeah, I finished it. I finished Defenders. I went back. Is your, are your Blowing. I should watch some more. I watched it. Did you watch it, Michael? Oh yeah, whole thing. Yeah. What do you think of it? I loved it. Like I, it's fun. Like I feel like nobody likes the Immortal Iron Fist. What well, is he? The Immortal Iron Fist? I hear he is. <laughs> um, what I really enjoyed about it was actually the the character Electra to see how she was portrayed in the previous series. And the Daredevil, like the change, yeah, season Mm -hmm. two of how her character changed so much and evolved to the Defenders. I thought that was really good. I thought she was the, except for, I mean, I'm not gonna spoil the series, except I I felt like at one point in the series, her motivations are very like, don't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of ruins the show for me, but uh. She's probably my favorite character. Yeah. And the whole thing. I thought she, casting and doing everything, she every once in a while does a cartwheel that she could have just took a step. Uh, you know? Well, <laughs> but, who doesn't? <laughs> exactly. Think... Cliff all the time is going out to his truck. I'm like, Cliff, you just could have walked. I think she got a lot of flack in the, when she was first showed as Electra and people were like dismissing mm. her. Oh, I've but always I liked she, her. Yeah. She made up for it in, the, in, in this series. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to point out was like listening to you guys on the previous episode talk about too many ninjas, like mm-hmm. fighting ninjas constantly. Is like that's the hand. That's what like yeah, I there's millions of ninjas and there's there's always it is ninjas. a bore. It is the that them as an enemy. I guess it's just so it's boring. Yeah, yeah. and the uh, even Sigourney Weaver and whoever the other lady is, Madam Gal. Yeah, I mean. That's it's just boring. Whenever they're showing the bad guys yeah. talking, who cares? You don't yeah, care what they're saying because right. it's it's boring. They don't execute. The rest of it's not bad. Like some, I, they should have had like a stunt double for Sigourney Weaver and watched her break bad or something because she just like this stoic mm-hmm. character throughout the whole series. She doesn't really do anything, I, yeah, which I is part know. of her character. She's fine. But she just, it just is not. There's exciting. not enough flash in the bad guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well. That was my point. We're just the thing where, where they had like over over. Game of Thrones. I'm I'm like wishing there there was 
why were there only seven episodes? Because so much happened this season, it needed to breathe. It needed it needed five or six more episodes to stretch that out and hear some of the in-between stuff instead of one big thing happening after the other. This, Defenders, they cut down to eight episodes, and it felt like four too many episodes. It was just like they could have tightened a lot of things up. I mean, come on. Well, They're getting ready to go down, we'll say. I'm not going to spoil anything. We're going down. Guys, it's going to be bad down there. Okay, well, let's go. We're going anyway. It's going to be bad. Okay, let's go. Cut around to a couple other scenes, come back. They're getting ready to go down. I'm telling you, guys, I'm serious. It's going to be bad down there. How bad? Because last time it was bad. It's going to be worse. It's going to be worse this time, guys. The difference. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. That's how I describe our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, geez. Maybe that's why I like the interaction so much between the four people. That's Maybe. No, comparing the bad guys from Game of Thrones, oh those, those are well-developed. I'm not comparing the bad guys. Characters that we, you know, truly hate. <laughs> I'm not comparing the bad guys. I'm comparing the amount of time given to the show to develop. There's, yeah. This was still too long. They didn't have enough story for eight episodes. There's so a which, thought burning which in his def- head. Which defenders are we if we were the defenders? <laughs> hmm. Luke Cage. I was going to say, Michael. Michael's got to be a fine gentleman. <laughs> Michael's the guy that, yes, anybody would walk uh, in the room and Im- immediately start shooting at him. I think so he, I Seth think, is Jessica yeah. Jones. Oh, yeah. Clearly. So you're dare- Daredevil and he's the immortal? Yeah. Uh, I could go either way works. on that. Uh, that works. <laughs> well, I'm actually the real Catholic, so I get to be Daredevil. Uh, yeah, that works. <laughs> and I'll get my chest tattooed. <laughs> the, the one thing that I actually had a problem with that I don't think, think I heard anyone else say was Madame Gao. She is in every series mm-hmm. that they've made. And I feel like she is a different character in each one. Mm, like the yeah. way they they portray her. Like when she was in Kingpin uh, in Daredevil series, like she was very mysterious and very like – and the more that you learn about her, the more the character in, changes. In Iron Fist, she was kind of almost the henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do want to be clear. And now if you the like porch. these shows, you're gonna like this because, like, I'm glad I listened to Cliff and went back and watched it because there was a lot I liked about it. There, there really was, and but I really can't say much about those things because I don't want to spoil it. But there was some good story to it. I think some of it towards the end kind of fell apart and, and made me not love it. Mm-hmm. And man, it was just too long. It was too long for the story amount of story they had. Did they sacrifice anything to fit it in continuity, or like set up future things, or was it was it a pretty tight story? No, no I think exactly that. The yeah. the end. Yeah, I feel like they were so worried about where they're going. Much like it didn't a, make sense what happened. Because you can't have real big stakes in this because they all four have their own shows to go back to. Right. So you can't, you know, kill one off or do anything major. Yeah, the ending is very much like a comic book. We lead right into yeah. what's coming next. Yeah. Here's just, the next story. Just, we just set it up. The it. motivation of why somebody does something at the end is just makes no sense other than we're setting up the next. And that, that, that's the, that's what kind of ruined it for me. But really, whenever it's, the heroes doing heroy stuff, it's good. Mm-hmm. So that's. I think one of its biggest strengths and weaknesses is that 
it is such a continuation. Like if you put these all back together, they all run very well together of telling one larger story. But because it has like the same kind of voice behind the whole overarching story, it has an overwhelming feel of this has gone on too long. But at the same time, if you've like watched it all, it all pieces together and it's like a reward that it is such a cohesive storyline. And as far as like them fighting ninjas all the time, actually the, it's really well done. The choreography is great. I mean, they, there wasn't any scene that was like, oh, that was so awesome, but there wasn't any that I thought looked dumb. I mean, they all, it looked like you're okay. You're getting to see this come to life, but I didn't. Like some of the directing choices of how they, of course they want to do the spinny camera where you're going around and mm-hmm. see everybody fighting and you know, the go, go around a couple, yeah, exactly. And it, and they are all about that. That's fine. The seventh episode, the guy that directed that was crazy about every scene, every other moment is shot from the other room. It's always looking through a window. Like from the floor into the next room through blinds, watching people talk. I mean, you should really go back and watch That's the seven. office shot. Yeah, the se- yeah the, <laughs> the seventh episode is so much of that. Like it was stuck out like a sore thumb. I was like, this guy, come on with this guy. <laughs> there was one part towards the end of I was like, and I I don't know what I can say without trying not to give it away, but there is when they went down. There was a character down there that I thought, oh, it's going to be such and such Marvel character. And then it didn't even turn out to be like a character at all. It was just a, a plot device. Yeah. I don't know if I can be any more vague about that. That was pretty vague. I watched the show and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards because okay. I don't want to plot. All right. Anyway, we're not trashing it. These guys, well, I, I like think we it. all are glad we watched it. So I, I think it's actually one of, one of the, Ones I like better of the of those Netflix shows, so definitely watch it. If Which, you... oh, good. I was no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I was just thinking about listening to the previous episode, and I was sadly disappointed when I heard that Gypsy was not renewed. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I heard it from your guys' mouths. Like I didn't know anything. Well, you guys about both it. liked it. It makes me want to watch it, but I don't want to. You said it ended a cliffhanger, and it's not. Yeah. It's not continuing. Well, and actually I got a little flack the other day because I was telling um, our sister-in-law about the show Sarah and she started watching it with JC right next to her at (laughs) – and I get this thing from Jill saying her mother said, do not tell my daughter to watch Gypsy. (laughs) She had sat down to watch an episode with with her – Thinking yeah, that it was not a show for fifteen year olds. No, it's but it's a great master manipulator. Like, oh, I was so frustrated when I heard that it was not picked up. Uh, more casting news for Lock and Key on Hulu. Got one of the kids from the new It movie. Whoever, whoever's playing Georgie, Jason Jason Robert Scott. He's cast as Bodie Locke, the one of the main characters in that. So. Yes, every time there's Lock and Key news, I'm going to bring it up. So I can ultimately dis- be disappointed as it's brought to the screen. <laughs> and this is all I got for streaming. Well, oh, wait, I, I do have something else to go on. Go ahead. I was going to say, James Gunn followed up on uh, 
I think did I bring up the news that he was doing involved in some Starsky and Hutch thing? Hedge, yeah. yeah, he had like a whole big statement on it. But the gist was, it's true. I'm involved. We did. We're doing it at Amazon. I love Starsky and Hutch. It's not going to be a, a joke. You know, except think of it like Guardians of the Galaxy being a space opera. That's as jokey as they're going to get. They're st- still taking it seriously. He likes that gritty crime thing. He l- loved that. He's just like, it's true. It's happening. No buts about it. Uh, I love it. So, okay. But Hutch only says, I am Hutch the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Um, Michael, have you been keeping up with the uh, this Titans live action? A uh, little bit. I, I thought this was dead in the water. Like, are they talking about the TNT show that... It's not... I don't believe it's going to be on TNT now. I think it's going to that DC or okay. Warner Brothers streaming channel. So, but, but originally it was TNT picked it yeah. up and then they decided not to pursue it. Right. So, it's still in development just going... Yeah, it's going to... They're at least going to film a pilot. Uh, well, I saw uh, your favorite uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie Mm -hmm. they picked an actor from that i think is that what it was yeah his name is britain i wouldn't pay attention we talk about darkwing dick yes okay (laughs) what's the guy's last name britain thwaites it's gonna play dick grayson and they've previously they'd already cast uh raven and starfire um so far it sounded like Starfire was going to be older, but I like because I I think I saw something about it because they're like they got like a thirty year old to play Starfire on us. Her like, name is Anna Diop. Yeah, and Tegan Croft will be Raven. Do we know anything about the plot? What they're going to try to do? Nope. But uh, not at all. Get your news here, folks. Yep. <laughs> we know nothing. It's going to have a thing. Gonna have a thing, guys. Yep. We don't know what it's about. Is it called Titans or is it called Teen Titans? I believe it's called Titans. Yeah, Titans. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So we're throwing in 30-year-olds. We gotta expand the uh, yeah. base there. All the main heroes are dead. Titans will rise. Look at this, our random voice. It's good. <laughs> what do you want, comics or movies? Uh, well, I got some comics. Stuff. Comics! How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> uh, we're right here in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey at the moment, and Texas is still in a state of emergency. We've got water everywhere. And it just so happens a new charity started up recently, I think before the hurricane even hit. HCR Issues, Helping Comic Retailers with Issues. There's been talk about this for several years, about how there is no safety net, there's no union. You know, comic stores are not mostly big chains. They're always, almost always individual people with just one or two locations. So, you know, when bad things happen, either natural disasters or you know, burglaries or financial hardships, you know, they, they've, they've had a charity uh, within the last couple of years for comic creators who have needs, health issues, that kind of thing. 
So they're starting a charity for retailers with needs. So, uh, you that's may. A, that's a, a charity near and dear to your it heart. It is indeed, because I got issues. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you may scoff at that. I've had people, I've heard people scoff. What do comic creators need charity for? They're making comics. Well, a lot, you know, they did all this without insurance back in the day. And these guys from the Silver Age and even the Bronze Age now are getting up there in age and having health problems. And the people who created these iconic things are, that are now on screen are, you know, dying penniless. And just think about those poor retailers who bring you all this good stuff. So sometimes we have troubles too. So yeah, there's going to be a nice charity for them. And I wanted to bring up the lenticular covers that are going on. Here at Marvel, I think people aren't very happy. There's been a lot of stores declaring whether you are or are not carrying the lenticular covers for Marvel Legacy. So we're getting it straight now. So I have not declared it publicly. Oh, I thought we were getting a declaration. Oh, I will. Oh, it's happening, guys. I have not yet declared it publicly. It's coming out now. I got some of them. I don't know. <laughs> Here it is. Hi, he wants a few, but not too many because the sound when you pick them up is kind of oh. annoying. <laughs> we got we got to share. So guy. yeah, if we go back, I mean, gimmick covers are long-standing uh, uh, in the comic industry, going back to the '90s or even earlier. I'm sure. Oh yeah, we but, love the '90s. But recently, the whole lenticular craze is kind of beefed up. Which that you know, lenticular cover. If you look at it one way, it looks like one image, and shift it the other way, you know, it kind of shifts back and forth between two images. Like the Secret War shields. Exactly. Yes, going back to that gimmick. So the first big one was Villains Month. DC did uh, celebrate the first year of the New Fifty Two. Each each title coming out took a month off, and they replaced them with villains from each uh, big title. And they had these sweet lenticular covers on them, and nobody ordered enough, and they were they were selling like hotcakes. So a year after that, when the anniversary came around, they did Futures End. So every retailer jumped in and ordered twice as many. And I've still got copies laying around somewhere. So those are the ones that I kept hearing pulled on and off the shelf for months and months oh and months. My gosh. Just kept hearing that noise, like just buy them. Uh, so <laughs> we've say, had the funny thing is that you say that about the other ones too. When I pick them up, you, it doesn't matter whether they have yeah, that yeah, cover just buy or them. not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've had ups, we've had downs, and they just did the button, the four issue miniseries tying uh, Batman and Flash to the famous smiley face button. Those covers. I think the art sold those covers yes. as much as the gimmick because all four of those covers were just yeah, amazing. Were. And then DCS coming up, I believe, next month. Uh, the In Action Comics, they're going to reveal the mysterious Mr. Oz that has been lurking around I since like the beginning. It and those all have lenticular covers. So DC's been kind of doling them out for big events or just you know special things. And DC sells them to retailers. You want some? Order some. There's a $3.99 lenticular cover, or you can get the $2.99 regular cover. And you can order as many as you want, as few as you want, and it's very simple. And I order extras, and I order plenty for the people who want them, and we're all happy. You ordered mm-hmm. the other kind, too? A few, yeah. Okay. I've had, I have some customers who are like, I don't care about the cover. I just want the cheapest right. version. Okay. So, I, yeah, I, got, I have no problem doing that. But I do the majority lenticular. Right. You know, I'm spending more money. For the gimmick, because right. people like it, and I'm here to please the people. Marvel's taking a different tack. <laughs> They're trying to squeeze you for a little extra. All their 
variants are tied to your past orders, which I would have a hard time explaining to someone who's like, hey, I need that copy of X-Men. I'd say, well, I have to look back at what I ordered on an X-Men comic from six months ago. Check the math on that. Make sure I order 125% more than that issue than I did for this new legacy issue. And then I'm able to order the lenticular covers. So they tie in a ratio. You have to meet or exceed sales on some random arbitrary earlier issue on the new ones. So I thought there's no way I'm ordering a ton more. I'm not playing the game, Marvel. What? But looking into it, I've been ordering very few copies of Marvel lately on a lot of stuff. There's books I only order one or two. Mm-hmm. And so meeting or exceeding, you know, 150% of two yeah. is not as hard as it sounds. Yeah. So, like this guy did 800%. <laughs> and looking through the solicits in the catalog, a lot of these books look pretty neat. They are doing cool things people would want to jump onto. You know, totally awesome Hulk is going, you know, return to Planet Hulk. Which, with the Thor movie coming up, that that should excite people. Yeah, I'm currently reading Planet Hulk. Awesome. Uh, Spider-Gwen is doing Spider-Gwenum. She's getting this Venom symbiote taking over. Uh, the X-Men books are doing a, a crossover with uh, Apocalypse and Mojo and like the, all that fun 90s stuff. So, a lot of these books would be, would be very good jumping on points. So, just with the stories involved, I would probably up my orders a few. But I don't like being forced to in order to buy into the gimmick. So... The one rebel. Exactly. The ones I met the threshold on, I ordered a few. The ones I didn't, I didn't stress about it. So I will have a couple at the store. Some of them I may not even put on the shelf. I'll just probably seed them into the pull lists and reward my customers just like, hey, do you want the cool cover? And just kind of let them go that way. Mm-hmm. I do not eBay things. I don't, I don't charge more than cover price on that kind of stuff because that is not the way I roll, but, uh, so yes, my official statement on Marvel's lenticular policy. It's terrible, (laughs) but I'm still going to play the game halfway. All right. That was very brave of you, Jordan. (laughs) You got to make a stand sometimes. There's lines in the guys. Well, we should have led with this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, speaking of Marvel, Secret Empire. Boom! Speaking of Marvel, squeezing one out of me. <laughs> Secret, Secret <laughs> Empire ended this week. Probably the best event they've done in, I don't know, I don't know what the last great one was, but I thought this one was really, really good. Well, well let's just stop there. What was the last great one? Secret Invasion? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, so this is Captain America centric. Yeah. Should be right up your alley. Oh man, we've talked about it before. Captain America, the cosmic cube is used to turn him. He has always been a Hydra sleeper agent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, guys. As I said from the beginning, there's the cosmic cube, and it changed some stuff, and at the end, it's going to change it back. And that's, that's what happened, and that's all, don't overthink it. That's all you gotta do. And then, like, uh, Jordan, you know, casually made fun of me to the point that, you know, that I'm a sucker for, you know, an old school Avenger, 
lover and that all they got to do is throw in some classic homages and uh, that it's going that's going to bring the tear to my eye and he's right and I don't care and that's all I wanted <laughs> you know when I was reading that final issue well I, I mean first off I liked I liked the whole thing um I was not precious uh, rarely am about you know what I like but the you know what they did with cap and he's hydra and whatever I thought oh that's cool uniform and he's acting weird um <laughs> i don't overthink the stuff but and there's a lot of there's good story beats throughout but again it's an event and there are is a lot of hufflepuffs in there you know there's a lot of stuff in there that we, <laughs> we almost got an audio spit take out of jordan um we there's a lot of filler you know, I was but, thinking of Michael's word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll hear that at the end, folks. That's probably the hashtag, so let's not repeat it yet. The, uh, but for the m- most part, you know, the story beats overall made sense. And actually, as it got, it was, didn't throw me a lot throughout, but the last three issues or so, I really got into. And, uh, I think it was issue eight when they were finally like, I, I I hate to I guess we can't spoil but I, heroes were heroing mm-hmm. and I and some of the art was coming together better. The one of the things you know that I saw Nick Spencer was super proud of was how it came out on time. It was a it, this is not was not drug out. This came out and these were not tiny, small issues. These were the issues got bigger and bigger as they were starting to produce them, and they had many artists involved who were yeah. cracking it out. So yeah, not only was this probably the best event in recent history, it is literally the only one that came out without a delay that messed up the schedule. So props to Tom Brevort <laughs> on that, because that's probably how you say his name. Um, it, But they uh, there was a lot of artists involved, so it wasn't super consistent in that respect. And I like some of my like. I like Lennel Yu and, uh, um, I, I like a lot of it. Some of the guys I don't even know, but it goes back and forth and it, it does kind of contrast. You know, like this, it doesn't flow some of the things back to back, but I, epi- I mean, uh, issue eight where hero, heroes were becoming heroes. There, the art in there, I really liked some, specifically some Captain Marvel stuff and, uh, Quasar and things like that. I was like, I just thought it was beautiful. And, uh, you know, I still call him Falcon, but, you know, Captain America and all that. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And then when it got into the last issue and just made, had panels redone of the past things, you know, I don't want to say what they were, but it just like, it really just made me nostalgic for old events and, even Steve, Steve McNiven coming back to do an homage to Civil War that he drew, you know, was another great panel. Just, and I, they explain things. I mean, give it up for Barf. I mean. <laughs> uh, yes, our new inhuman character, MVP of the event. Yeah, character I named mean, Barf. That takes, that takes a lot of guts <laughs> to uh, try to pull that off. Um, and then the at the last panel of the in the epilogue, the entire of the series was I was I wasn't expecting it, you know the where the beginning of the series starts out with Barf, <laughs> and it ends with him 
with that, you know, him and his home. And that last panel I thought was really touching and good. But the thing that got me really thinking after reading that last issue was the, how, you know, like I said, Nick Spencer says that he's like submitted this in 2015. Nothing's changed. He's getting a lot of flack for being political. People are saying, and it just so happens that a lot of the stuff in there reflects on what's going on now, two years later. But, um, it, it's too bad that we can't blame some of the stuff that's happening now on a cosmic cube like they can in this comic because it seems like I, this is my biggest thing about it. Like so many in, in throughout secret empire people, some people are like, Oh my gosh, the world has changed and this is terrible. And some people are like, this is the way it is. Yeah. There's going to be repercussions because too many people went along with it. Right. A little too easily. It does not, not feel like <laughs> right now. I'm like, there's no cube, man. We're all, dude, we're all in the queue. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it was coming. What do you think? I these kind of things, I don't get hung up on the plots too much, right? Because it is like the Defenders, where it has to feed in, you know, it has to tie into the Deadpool monthly series, and it has to tie into the Champions, and we we weed people in and out, and oh, we have to have a page that explains what these generations one shots are about. Like, so I don't get real hung up on that stuff. I just want. Like I said, good moments, good character stuff, good just good images that leave you with a good feeling. And this one, I think the most important thing it did, it said we are heroes and we need to start acting like it again. Because so many of Marvel's recent events, I don't want to seem like I'm dumping on Marvel too bad, but you know, from no, Civil, War, Civil War, <laughs> Civil War 2, Avengers vs. X-Men, Inhumans vs. X-Men, I mean, there's... Eight or ten of the most recent events are all heroes fighting heroes. Because that's the fad for a while. And they're saying, why do you think people are turning on us? This is not who we are. We need to be better than this. And that, as sort of a, if it did, you know, everyone wants big stakes and big changes and nothing will ever be the same again. And these events aren't built for that. They're built to make a big splash and then everything's the same at the end. But if anything changes, that it's just the Marvel Universe is a little more heroic and a little less angsty and a little more here's who we are and here's who we fight and here's what right. we fight here's what we stand for i think the book says we stand and we fight yeah we well yeah we stand and we fight all i could think was i was just talking to you the other day about that miracle whatever uh what was it called mr miracle mr miracle and uh, I, there was a panel in that where they say the same thing over and over and i don't even know what the hell they're talking about but dark side I, is dark side is dark yeah. side is dark side is something and uh and this is, we stand and we fight, we stand and we fight, and I was like, fired up! <laughs> I was like, I was letting myself get into this, I was like, this is awesome, and then, you know, before the epilogue, we get a big two-page splash of, you know, just in- inspiration. That whole second half of the series is just inspirational, you know, I, I like he said, you can't overthink it, it's just heroic, and that, you know, I, I, I'm very curious where they go from here. You know, because I, I feel like it's going to have a different feel to it. Like, like he yeah, said, the it's, Mark Wade, Chris Samney cat book, I think should just, I, I'm really looking right. forward to that. Oh now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's several others that I think they've reset the course on some of these characters. But I gotta say, I, it, it, my, my theory didn't pan out that I'd heard early in the series that the, you know, there's an evil Captain America 
And the idea thought maybe after this uh, the secret war that this was the ultimate Captain America. Hmm. Who in the Ultimate series already leaned a little bit toward fascism, depending on how he was written. And that was the, well, it's not the real Cap, it's the ultimate Cap. And they, you know, Hydra used him as hmm. a, you know, guinea pig, whatever. Right. And I was like, that would be an interesting story. And then later on, we get the Hulk. And Bruce Banner, all his word balloons were written like the ultimate word balloons. If you remember, wow. they lettered them differently in the early 2000s. They used small, uh, lowercase fonts. And no one else in the book was lettered that way. It was just Bruce Banner. Huh. I went out and got, I looked at an old Ultimate book. I'm like, yeah, that is the exact font Ultimate used. And then the Hulk hulks out and does a fighting and it's normal. And then when he de-hulks, he, he turned gray. I'm like, yep, that's exactly it. They're messing, the Ultimate universe is involved. And then there was nothing, nothing of that. About re- that yeah. So I don't know if maybe they, they, they started out I, thinking that yeah, was a I don't, I don't maybe know. Maybe they just, it, it, I'll give them credit if they did that on purpose just to mess with you. <laughs> you want your freaking retailer of charity? Here it is, buddy. <laughs> and I want that on the record that I noticed the font. Okay, there it is. And I like that. Yeah, come on. Maybe that's something that's going to play out later. But the, yeah, we still have an epilogue issue. Right. And there are still, is there will Omega? be, yeah, right? the Omega. It's basically, how, where, where does Cap go from here yeah. when people look at him like this and yeah, the co- the cosmic cube didn't wipe it all away. There are still ripples to be felt. It, gosh, I want to. I can't say. We've done such a good job of not spoil, super spoiling here, so I don't want to say. But there's some, <laughs> there's some art that you know, just some flashbacks that you don't see some of these costumes for a while. It's pretty sweet when you do. You know, it's been years. And there was some good Hank Pym stuff throughout yeah. this. There yes, was there really was. good Hank Pym. Okay, issue. I do have some questions because I yeah. don't read all of the Marvels. Okay, I do. I thought you did. That's why I'm talking to you. Um, who is Giant Man? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Guys, this is why I come here. Okay. Secondly. There are lots of new characters and new faces. They're just like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. And I couldn't tell you where they began okay. or where they started. But they're in the, they're right. ingrained into the Marvel. Um, why is Tony Stark an AI? That was the end of Civil War Two. Okay, I feel like he I was, read that. But he was quote know. unquote killed, uh, but his mind had been uploaded. Okay, to you know the Stark computer well, system. Thank so, yeah. Um, and last comment, I liked. Uh, I, I'm a big Taskmaster fan, and hit him and whoever Black Ant is. Is that the guy's name? Yeah, that is like the. What, Eric O'Grady, the irredeemable yeah. Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who they were the comic gone. relief throughout. He has broken bad. Yeah. yeah, they were, they were pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. <laughs> so the like, ir- irredeemable, uh, yeah. Hey, you got it. Irredeemable Ant-Man is now Black Ant. Yes. Okay. That was with the whole Dark Avengers and the, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. But, I like them. Okay, well. Alright, speaking of darkness, DC has their own event that just Dark Knight's Metal. And I said I want to talk about it, but I wanted to wait till you were here. So Thank you, kind sir. Do you have any thoughts? I don't know if I can wax poetically going. about it as Seth just did about that Marvel crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did it. <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. It's so funny because how you guys were talking about 
in the last episode about the young guys don't want to call it a crisis. Well, that came out after we talked about that, that the DC editors were pushing to name it Dark Crisis. And Scott Snyder and some of the people were like, uh, we'd rather not. Wait, we did talk about this on the thing. Yeah, we yeah. did. Never mind. As you were. <laughs> but it's funny because there's like puppets behind them going, like whispering, crisis, yeah. crisis. And they're like trying to weave it in and these young guys are like, no, this isn't your crisis. We're going to do something new and edgy. That's exactly and, how they sound. And it's a crisis. It's a crisis that's coming. The, dog, the dark multiverse is coming for your soul. So I, there have been. There have been two one shots and that led into it and then a first issue so far. So we don't have much. And after reading the two oversized one shots, I still, people were asking me what it was about and I couldn't really tell them. But I think we can give away at least enough. They did the stranger things. Uh, plot device apparently they had the map of the multiverse the new 52 like the Grant Morrison multiversity came out they mapped all 52 poster. worlds so it's a well designed poster showing all 52 earths and then someone flipped it over <gasps> just like Stranger what? Things flipped the D&D map yep. over there's an under underneath oh, yeah. and so basically of the 52 worlds there's a dark underbelly there's an there's an underneath, an underside to everything. Oh, it's a dark, down. twisted. I, I'm hoping somehow they're going to throw in the cor- the accordions or chords or the accordions. They sound uh, terrible. The wow. from the anti Marvel or anti anti Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm cooking. Uh, the anti matter world where it was where Sinestro originally got his yellow ring from in the original continuity years ago. Yeah, the cord, cord, cords, mm-hmm. uh, cords. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but they had lightning bolts, and yeah. they're in the original crisis, and like you would think that's the universe that they exist in. Uh, yeah, this one also seems to be pushing back into continuity and pulling up some old favorite imagery and characters we haven't seen in a while. Hawkman, Plastic Man, and we're bringing we're bringing back the classics. Mm-hmm. Elongated man, seeing there. He's dead. <laughs> no, um, it was like they're very well done. It's again, it's very <sighs> esoteric. Like it's a very strange out there series. <laughs> he got it right. I what are you? Doing? <laughs> That's what I'm looking around. I was like, wait for someone to pinch me. <laughs> Okay, so do I think we spoil? We're in the dark universe. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the upside down. We're in the anti-Marvel. So do we spoil that last page? I think so. This came out about a month ago. Do yeah. it. Spoil it. I don't want to read it. So it it's was not a crisis. It was very much along the lines of uh, the DC Rebirth one shot. Or yeah, right. That was it. DC Universe Rebirth, where we flipped the page and there was the button. It was like, mm, what yeah. is this? So Batman's in all this uh, investigation. He's keeping secrets from everyone. He's trying to crack the code. And who comes to him but the Sandman? What? Morpheus? Well, Daniel, the the, mm-hmm. the current yeah. Sandman when Sandman ends. Right. So the very white-faced-looking uh, dream Another of the white, Endless. Another whitewashing. 
So we have, <laughs> not only have we integrated the Watchmen into the DC universe, now Sandman uh, and the not? Endless are there. Not to be, be confused with that Suicide Squad, Black, whatever yeah, Doctor, that was. Doctor Endless. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to bring anything that was a hit and hope that something catches a fish here. But they, it has been two years now. Yeah. And there's been still no real Watchmen development in all this, so. No. Now, with these covers, I know I'm just completely cutting you off there, but how you're talking about the lenticular covers is how this has like a metal, like it's, I don't, is it, is that what they're calling the cover? Metal? Uh, yeah, it's like an embossed, like the logo is a raised kind of embossed, but it looks like, you know, uh, Tread on a truck. You know, yeah, it's like hardcore. But it's weird because it makes the cover so freaking dark. Just like how Seth bitches about IMAX movies being so washed out. Like, that's what it 3D. does. 3D. I'm talking about 3D. 3D. Yes. Yeah. You're that's, right. that's what it does to these covers is it's like beautiful art, but it's so washed out that I think the... As an artist, you're like... Uh, takes away from it. Come like, on. And how you guys have been talking about comics and stuff, it's like... I miss the days of seeing covers that were brightly covered and heroes leaping off the page and like you see on the walls like so like everything's like so dark and so gloomy and the metal covers are no different no matter what color they're using. They're even more black. Yeah. But what's interesting with this is that they're saying from this dark multiverse that Batman's gonna unleash and like they're vague but and cryptic, but they're talking about this darkness is coming, and we've been seeing a lot of imagery of these dark, evil Batman characters that are like they're obviously based off of different uh, um, members of the Justice League. But then they have the one like the one with the Robins that laugh that like it, it feels very Hellraiser to me. That's probably pretty good. <laughs> Because it's got that evil Batman. He's got all his Robins and chains. And I'm just, I'm curious as, like, because they keep talking about dark and evil. Like, how bad is this going to get? Is this well, gonna... the first issue started with the Justice League all in, like, Voltron robots. So it didn't, uh, it didn't start very dark. I hated that. Like, I hated that so bad. You love just, Voltron. You, yeah. I love Voltron. But it was like, hey, Voltron's really cool. I think this would be fun to draw. And I did not like the art. I did not like the armor they put on the Justice League. It was supposed to like hamper their powers, and the storyline was fine. I just didn't like the designs behind it. So yeah, this is a mini series. We're gonna have a bunch of one shots, and there are a couple of the monthly DC books are gonna tie into it. Where you know, oh, Gotham is under siege, so that's gonna tie into Batgirl and Nightwing and some of those stories, and yeah, some of the other Justice League tie-in books. So this is going to have pretty wide-reaching uh, consequences over the next couple months. So it's, it has really just begun. Got a lot of good comics going on right mm-hmm. now. And I picked up... What did I pick? Oh, we, we haven't talked about the um, <laughs> Jack Kirby oversized specials that they did for King Turn Kirby. Turn that around, I can't 100. See. Oh, that's pretty cool. But they did, was it four one-shots? Uh, five. Five. Uh, they had, they had a Sandman, like, uh, for people that don't know, Kirby created a Sandman character in the 70s, uh, that was, was 
um, crap. more of a superhero kind of version yeah. and tights in a cape. Yeah, he, he basically went in people's dreams and protected them from the nightmares. And it only ran like two issues. Eh, ran longer than that. I'm full of misinformation. But anyway, they did they did a special of that. Nobody fact checks us. Yeah. <laughs> they did a special of that uh, by John, like John Bogadega. Like I can never pronounce. It. <laughs> he was he was in uh, Jamaica. Yeah. I yep. can never pronounce his last name, but he's a longtime Superman artist from the nineties. Um, but draws Superman very epically. I'm friends with him on Facebook. I, I should learn how to pronounce his last name. But anyway, that oh, I... Sandman issue I loved because it was a love letter to to Jack Kirby. Like it even had him in it. Like I mean, it was so good. If anyone knew the source material, they would love that issue ten times over. And I picked that's not it. what you're holding. That's not what you're but holding. I'm holding Dark Side Oversight Special, also a new OMAC short story in class. Yeah, each book had classic Kirby bonus stories. So I'm excited to dive into this one. OMAC with the big mohawk? Yeah. yeah. What's OMAC stand for? That's a one man army corps. Corps. One man army corps. Gosh, you got get a handle on that over there. <laughs> well, that would actually tie into a deep thought I had recently. If oh, nobody man. has Let's anything else for this evening, what does this have anything to do with Robert Robert Kirkman's tweet? It has exactly everything to do with Robert Kirkman's tweet. Robert on August. <laughs> Shout out to Robert. Apparently, <laughs> on August twenty eighth, on Jack Kirby's one hundredth birthday. Everyone was celebrating. Everyone was. Every comic creator was tweeting. Your favorite. I loved my Facebook. Oh, feed I put out day. issues. Kirby's blood and ink, right? Uh, everything. Cigar. Uh, cigar. Yeah, ashes. cigar ashes. Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirkman on that day, as everyone is celebrating Kirby, tweeted. It became a little bit controversial. I'm not sure maybe why, but he tweeted, quote, Jack Kirby didn't spend his career drawing other people's characters, and neither should you. Honor the man by creating something. So it's just his kind of call to all the indie people out there to do their own thing and not work for the man. And there were a lot of replies of, yeah, you tell him, Robert. And then there were some of like, well, Kirby worked for Marvel, he worked for DC, and he drew other people. Like, being very pedantic about it. I wonder which side you're on by the voices you're making. <laughs> well, they just weren't getting his. Right. What do you they, meant? Yeah, they were being the spirit yeah. of it. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not my my thought. I'm not talking about comics specifically, even, and I'm not talking about as some people took it as like print artists at conventions versus the people who create the content. I think we had almost a whole episode about that back in the So Pro days. We talked about the different artists you see in Artist Alley. So I'm not talking about that. And I'm also not talking, although it could be kind of tie into, we had that public domain debate a while back about when we were talking about Disney mm-hmm. and how nothing anymore is in the public domain. So we don't have that chance to build on art from the past. So my deep thought is, is Kirkman right? Or is it that too simplistic a statement? Because he he's a very... He has privilege mm. as a millionaire yeah. comic creator to say, do your own thing, everybody. Like, he's coming from a place where he doesn't have to worry about the consequences. So, But he wasn't always there. Like, at once upon a time, he was just, like, another struggling So what was he writer. doing then? 
That's what you have to look at. He yeah. had Funkatron. Like, his original publishing. Yeah, I mean, he was doing his yeah. own thing then, right? Yeah. So, I guess he had battle, something battle to stand Pope on. And, yeah. yeah. So, I just, I wanted to ask, one, do you agree with that? Is that, is that, is there anything to disagree with there? And more broadly, how important is the things that people create that they don't own? Fan fiction, the fan art they create, even cosplay. How important is that to modern fandom? Because it feels like that has changed fairly recently. Um, and this, this content, we have to add content that doesn't come from the source. We need prequels and sequels and tie-ins, even if we gotta create them ourselves. And it didn't always seem to be that way, or if, maybe I'm wrong. And that, that people just need this ownership over something they don't own, but they need to have a part in it, and they need to have something they contribute to it. Cause there's, there's been fans for centuries. People loved science fiction novels. They, they, they wrote fanzines. They made pen pals between each other. They, they formed fan clubs. They, they were even comic conventions. But I said, just something about this current movement feels new to me. And if, whether it's the internet has changed things and there's, there's a bigger audience out there that it's easier to connect or you, or some kind of commercial opportunity people can make money. You know, you just subscribe to my Patreon and look at all my cosplay. Like, is that what changing it or, or am I, am I skewed and this has always been this way? I think just like your last statement there, it's all changed when money's become involved because you're not, you're a fan up to the point where money exchanges hand. And when you're making money off of someone else's property, that's changing. You're no longer a fan. So that's where, and it's it's funny because that tweet was kind of like a call to arms to me. Of a while back ago, you and I were working on a possible uh, graphic novel that was based off an indie movie. We did not get it, get it, but the good news behind that was it renewed my sense of purpose of creating comics, of creating my own characters and stories, and that's what I love to do. And like just the other night, I was looking on the wall in our my art studio and looking around at everything that is licensed material art that I've done and I'm like those are coming down like that should all show characters that I've created and shown art like it's all, all art I've done but it's all based off of other properties see I think that's going too far yeah mm. it's like just you should be able to do that and enjoy that also it's still your version. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're showing you're a fan of it. You're, it's your take on it. I mean, I get what he was saying, you know, but like you said, he, he, it's easy for him to say that. Yeah. But even like before, like Kirkman's done that before, like even before he became a mega star, he would go to like these big conventions, uh, like the San Diego Comic Con and then come from it and just be like, I remember that one year he went on for 20 minutes with this video about like a call to arms of creating your own stuff. But I'm not even professionals or amateurs like we are. Just your everyday run of the mill fan. You may be an amateur. Ah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just as a fan, it's not enough anymore to just buy your ticket and go watch a movie. There seems to be, you need to take extra steps. You need to be more involved with it. And I, 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 is, um, you don't yeah. like that, or you? Uh, well, I don't know. I, it's just interesting to me. It's a weird gray area. Because I think people just want to be feel like they're a part of something that they love. 
Uh, just like, I mean, it's the biggest example, right? I'm looking at the walls, the art you have on the walls here, and, and where you're taking, you know, Marvel characters here and putting, you take people and put them in the Iron Man suit and, and things like that. You're me heroes. Are you yeah. talking about me heroes? Yeah, I, I am. You, can, for, you yeah. can get yourself drawn yeah. by the illustrious one. And you can become Iron Man. In very reasonable rates for all your loved ones right. in the holiday season. But I mean, what, what better example <laughs> of this, though? I'm serious, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, you... It's, it's a, everybody wants to be a part of it, yeah. you know? Well, and like... There's nothing wrong with that, you know? And, and, and that's, like, not necessarily what I'm... Because that was one thing I was... When I was arguing with myself over this, because I've, I've, I I've, I've heard that. I wish I was here so <laughs> I could relieve the, you. It was the Mario. The Mario I've looked at it both ways, and <laughs> the I, fan art is too much. I don't. I don't. <laughs> you're Red Luigi. <laughs> I don't look at that as negative because that is a one-off. Like that is a uh, a commission that I am. Providing to a client to become their favorite character. You're a creator, hero. though. You know, you're, you have to think. But what like, I, like Jordan's saying, there's two different things we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah. Creator and a fan. And he's saying that fans are inserting themselves into things. They want to be a part of it. Maybe they're not an artist, but they can be creative in their own way. They can look like by making a, a cosplay or getting a picture done of themselves with no reward. Right. They, they, they're not their getting, own. yeah, they're not getting paid for it generally. They're not, you know, they're not going to get discovered by Warner Brothers right. or Disney. Like it's just, they have to express it. Yeah. And I don't know, is that a better fan? Yes. Than we were as kids where we just kind of watched like, yeah, that was uh. cool. Like, I don't, I don't okay, know. Okay, well, I get what you're saying. It's, I guess better. Hey, wait a minute. 13 years old, I had a Batman costume. <laughs> better is a, I had a trash can <laughs> lid. I had a trash can lid running around the neighborhood. I mean, I, better's I, the wrong word. Yeah, I, I don't think better, but I think that we have a uh, luxury nowadays to be more involved. We We'd have a platform to show it. Yeah. Um, gosh, the, the, uh, example that's been running through my head the whole time you guys have been talking about this was, um, the RPG we play that is like Dungeons and Dragons, just, you know what I'm talking about, is of Dragon Age. Uh, it was a video game and it became an R- a tabletop ro- role-playing game. And we, uh, we have taken where we're fans of this story, this world that they created, and we do our own thing with it. And we become involved in it and everyone has their own characters, but we're living in that world now. Are we wrong for not making our own world? But you that, know? but... But that's the whole creation of comics right there is you took something that you loved and you morphed it into your own version of it, hence creating a new property. Yeah, well, I, I could just as easily be playing some phase rip, you know, uh, Jesse Starcher, you know, would say we, you know, it's, it's all just using things you love and you want to be a part of it. You want to insert yourself into it. And I, I think it's just, there's a lot of different levels to the fandom. I don't think anything's wrong with any of that involvement. I'm sure that Kirkman was just inspiring people yeah. to create new things. Don't be afraid to create your own things. Well, and like the one major difference now with technology is, you know, when we were kids, we couldn't go online and look out, look up how to make Thor's hammer or Iron right. Man's shield. If, if you like something, or, we were, you had the kids in your neighborhood or the kids at school that liked that same thing, and that was it. Yeah. 
Now you get lucky and go dig up in your yard and find a, a something. A Michael Knight toy. I, right. If you're lucky. Right. I can remember living in South Point, Ohio as a kid <laughs> and building all of Thundercats weapons out of paper and cardboard. Every single one. Like, I, I can remember that and very that's how cosplay was born. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, that was it. That was it. That was the moment. That was day one. South Point, Ohio. 1980-something. <laughs> um, yeah, as someone who lives and breathes Disney fandom. Right. Where are you falling on this, Cliff? Um, do you feel like you need to create a new animal? And... Uh, no, no, you want to be a part of the fandom you are. This is right. It's touched your life in a way that mm-hmm. you, you, know, you didn't point, have any control over. It happened. No. You were sucked into it. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> it certainly was a part. And with the power of the internet, it's so easy to go out there with anything now and find somebody that shares that interest equally. That maybe you don't have direct access to. I mean, right now, like right now, this this weekend, Dragon Con is happening, mm-hmm. and there are like eighty thousand people going to Dragon Con. That's not as much as Gen Con, but go on. Well, listen, never kind of. We don't all have velvet lined tables either. <laughs> this is beautiful. What is that velvet? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> um, I can't believe I couldn't remember that that was, coming, <laughs> that was coming to America. Anyway, go on. Speaking of 1988. Um, no, I, I, I get it. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, even in the Disney is very similar to anything else in that community. There's a huge fan community and, and it has many arms, whether it's, um, you know, cosplay or comic books or, Television shows or whatever, movies, whatever. Um, and it, and it's growing and growing and growing. And, you know, there's a whole section of people, you know, maybe they're not cosplayers, but we call them, we have Disney bounders. Um, that take something. Are they Dis- bouncing here, there, and everywhere? Almost. Um, they take a character and express them set themselves through their own clothing. Um, that's inspired by that color scheme and that character mm. and stuff like that. And then, you know, we have things like Dapper Day at the parks that who's are. Your, who's your Disney character? Who I, are you? I am not a Disney bounder. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was just start, I, was, I was starting to think, I bet he is, and we just haven't picked up on it yet. We haven't picked up on his. But, nah, but that, just at home when he, Donald Duck <laughs> <laughs> His goof troop slippers. But. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, he probably is pantsless at home, you're right. <laughs> Donald Duck, he just wears feathers. <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, they have Dapper Day at the parks now, where people get dressed up and, and you know, kind of... This sounds a little twisted here, whatever. Well, no, is they one adult? Yeah, they're just... Furries? Right? No. <laughs> they they dress in very fancy... Um, fancy. Fancy. Aragon by inspired clothing from... From you know the fifties and sixties and forties and thirties and mm. and and have meetups and stuff like that because we can do that and we can draw inspiration from each right. other. Um, and we're not making money yeah, off of he it. He included himself into that. Oh, well, we, but he doesn't do it. Yeah, I just I personally have never felt that urge, and I I can't I can't say I dislike it or anything, but I just I I personally don't understand it that if you have the time and energy. 
Why not? Yeah, especially like fan fiction where people write reams and reams of Mm -hmm. thousands of pages of novels. Like if you have that drive to create, why not try your own thing? And I I just that's just my personal. I get that. That that's it's interesting to hear that because I I think I totally see that perspective because I think that sometimes myself because I'll I'll spend countless hours preparing for these rpg sessions and i am in you know focusing it in a world that i did not create you know and i feel like is that a waste of time you know as much enjoyment as we get out of it what couldn't i spend a few more hours to create my own world you know to do that in like you're doing you know you, you say you don't like, have you never wrote something like no, an Iron I, Man fanfic or a Daredevil? I've Spider-Man. written things down where, like, oh man, that'd be a great GI Joe story, and I'll, I'll write stuff whenever I get call, Larry Hama calls me to write GI Joe. <laughs> I'll have an idea for him. So, you know, I've written things down, but I've just never like I've I was a huge X Files fan, but it didn't. Call, I don't want to write. Scully and Mulder slash fiction. I, right. I want to write the truth is out there. Yeah, I want to write cool sci fi stories. <laughs> Or, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I took something else from that. I took, you know, I wanted to write cool, strong female characters. Mm. I didn't want to write, mm-hmm. you know, a Buffy story. Well, so I, think so that- I get inspired by the same pop culture, but I, for some reason I, I channel it a different way. And it's not right I or think wrong. that comes back to what Kirkman's saying. Uh, there's, there's different kinds of people. I mean, he's talking to creators. Yeah. And he's not talking to fans. Like, I think it's perfectly fine for what, you know, fans are doing to use the existing properties to express their fandom. And then he's speaking to creators. Take this opportunity to not do, not get sucked in, up into your fandom. Take, take the good, like Jordan is saying, you know, the strong female characters or whatever he takes from it to express that in your own creations. I'm sure that's what he was saying. This go. You know, Kirby was trying to do, even though he was under the Marvel, you know, head, he was creating his own things and, and be inspired to do that and not get sucked up into your me. Heroes. But very simply, you know, in the same, in the opposite thing, if, if everybody's creating their own thing, then do we just let these, you know, great characters die? I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's what no, happened. There's that no, can't happen either. I don't so. think there's, yeah, I, I don't think there's any, uh, worry that that's going to happen. Anything of any importance that's loved is still going to be around. I, I think this all comes down to everybody wanting to be part of something. Yeah. I do. And too. how they choose to express that part of themselves is, is as a sense of community. Like, you know, Jordan and I, we want to be part of the comic book creating community. We don't want, like, yeah, it'd be nice for Marvel or DC to say, hey, we would like you to do this, but we're happy creating our own characters, our own stories, our own universes, and that is showing our love for superheroes in comic book form where someone else is going to be like, I love comic books too. I'm going to express it by dressing up as Spider-Man, and I'm going to learn how to design this. I'm going to learn how to design that. Right, because maybe they're not an artist. Maybe they're not a writer, but they can... You know, make a costume. Yeah, they may not may not have the talent, but they have the desire. Yeah, 
I think it just gets weird, which I've been on both sides of it. <laughs> I have no doubt that you were but, on both sides of weird. <laughs> but when money gets involved, uh, when you're like a fandom of something and then you have figured a way to make money from it. I think that maybe bothers me more than someone posts some fan art to DeviantArt. Like, hey, cool, you expressed yourself. But when there are people like, hey, join my, you know, $9.99 a month and you can get all my great content. It's like, not your content. That's trademark of Disney Corporation. Right. And then you're like, you're not a real creator. You're just a fan posing. And then there's a weird disconnect where you kind of support the one fan and not the other. So I don't know. But again, none of this stuff is original. You know, Batman wouldn't exist without the pulp characters. And, you know, the Fantastic Four, Mr. Jack Kirby, there are, you know, adventurer characters and... And you know that he based those on other things. Well, so everything Superman is a stepping stone. Off a circus performer. Exactly. So even the most original content is you're filtering your influences to create it. So I, we've we've all got influences and just try to pretend that no, I will not. I will do my own thing. That's impossible to me. Right. Nothing's created in a vacuum. Yeah. And I just sitting here realized our very own podcast. <laughs> That's what I've been waiting We for sit you. here week after week talking, talking about, about other people's content. Yeah, I was thinking about that the whole time. <laughs> That's all we talk about. Which this show actually began as the it, So it Pro tried. podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're like, let's That's talk how about, that works. Yeah, let's talk about indie creations and all our amazing, and anyway, like four episodes. <laughs> 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 we gotta coast on this other people's content. <laughs> uh, well. That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we couldn't exist without all this yeah. fun fandom. Right. And a lot of people out there, I, I don't think, think there is any wrong. I, th- I think that, you know, people create these things. They want fandoms. They yeah. want people to do things, obviously not. Because you're, in an odd way, you are promoting yeah. their brand. Right. Um, Some people, yeah, pantsless Donald Duck right. are in an odd way. Promoting the brand. <laughs> but, uh, what happens, it's it's so easy. Like, you start something and it's just for fun. <laughs> I'm going to do... This sounds like an excuse to the life. It takes over your life. <laughs> and you're quickly, and then, you know, sucked in. You're thinking, man, I'm, I'm sticking Turns a lot... Turns into a part-time job. Yeah, it does. I'm sticking a lot of money into this. How can I recoup some of that fun funding? So, here we are. <laughs> well, and if you'd like to support this pot now, <laughs> if you feel the need, do what Jack Kirby would do and give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, straight from Kirby's mouth. That's his. That was where his dying words. Kids, don't I forget, <laughs> always punch a Nazi. All right, let's get some. We did it. We did the hell out of it. Let's uh. uh before we oh move into that, real okay. quick, should we start promoting a little bit uh, the upcoming River Ooh. City Comic Con? River City Comic Con. If you're still here, River City Comic Con <laughs> Sunday, 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 September seventeenth in Marietta, Ohio, at the Dyson Bauto Recreation Center and the campus. <laughs> Of Marietta College. Bring your blood drive car. Get in free. Will not be featuring Primo. $5 admission. 
50 cents of every paid ticket goes to the Washington County Special Olympics. Oh, I thought it was going to be for the Retailers Association. <laughs> a quarter of everyone will go to a <laughs> Retailers in Need, a.k.a. me. <laughs> uh, kids 12 and under are free, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and there's going to be an hour-long panel featuring Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast. What? We're going to be doing a trivia prize giveaway. Minimal be, prizes. We're going to be asking people <laughs> some comic book trivia, seeing who's the best of the best, and giving away some prizes. We'll be giving away a lot of no prizes. We're just going to have fun. It's going to be me, and Cliff's going to be in Disney. Yep. So it's going to be me and the illustrious one. Did you know that? The illustrious one is here at the party. Yeah, it's going to be me and Michael, and this is a big announcement, guys. Did we get him? We Did got we, him. We confirmed we, we, we got him. He's locked in. It's the, the original, the OJ, Jesse Starcher. That's right, folks. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend. <laughs> Come here with us. From the Source Material Podcast right. on the Radlich and Broadcasting Network. We're going to be, like you said, asking trivia and just having a good time. It's going to be super casual. So don't be afraid to come join us and talk some comics and come buy all kinds of comics. I plan on getting out of that podcast and going and looking for some comics I've been looking for. Yeah, we've got over 75 tables, wow. lots of local artists, vendors. We've got back issue, uh, people selling back issues, new comics, toys and uh, vintage collectibles. We've got uh, some cosplay, you know, wigs and accessories. We've got uh, manga and anime. We've got a little bit of everything. Porgs. Said, porgs. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got dozens of porgs. We got more <laughs> porgs than you need, and a huge selection of local artists. I am very proud of our small town and how many creative people we have who create their own content. And a lot of them are going to be on display, from arts and crafts to web comics to print comics. We got we got people you want to meet. And things you want to buy. Let's do some... Uh... <laughs> www.rivercitycomiccon.com Got some hashtags here, guys. I don't even remember what some of these were referring to. It's been a while. What was I Am Hutch? What was that? that was I Am Hutch. James Gunn. I'm Hutch. Oh, okay. I Am Hutch. Anti-Marvel? Brightly Covered? Uh, poor Doubt? Slap your Hufflepuff. <laughs> and I would I assume will be, <laughs> with no doubt, the winner, Kerfluckalin. <laughs> Hashtag Kerfluckalin. Spell it however you choose. Oh, never don't move it. <laughs> He's back, baby. The hashtag machine is here. The creator. Make your own hashtags is what mm. Jesse's, I mean, uh, Jack Kirby and Robert Kirkman are doing. And Jesse. And Jesse's yeah. making his own hashtag. Kerfluckling. <laughs> As always, I'm the most illustrious Michael K. Easton. I am the Hufflepuff and Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. And I'm the brightly covered Seth. Goodbye forever. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.
my Patronus. You don't know what a Patronus is? <laughs> my Patronus. It's not some alcohol brand. My Patronus. My Patronus. All these Harry Potter fans are excited. Crying, they, they can find find out what their Patronus is. My Patronus. My Patronus. <laughs>